Hey, welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. We are so glad you are in the house, the house of faith with us today. We're gonna take you once again to family night. Now, if you don't know what that is, just a few weeks ago, we got together with some of our friends and partners of the ministry right here in this room, had an awesome time in worship together, an amazing time in the Word of God. And we began last week on Legacy TV showing you footage from family night. And if you missed that, I want you to go back, watch it, get caught up with this because the Lord is speaking a word to us He's speaking to you. He's very simply saying this, it can be done. And that's a word from God for somebody right now. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever impossibility has come your way, you need to know that with God, it can be done. And that's what Family Night was all about. I want you to, to get out the Bible, get out, get out the word, get into this with us and watch God change your life. Enjoy this. I've been seeking the Lord just since this week concerning that statement right there, those two words, with God, with God. And I said, Lord, talk to me about that. What does that mean to be with you? And I started getting this picture of, of me, you know, just this, a nobody trying to get into a place. And there's somebody standing out in front of the door that's not letting everybody in. And people are trying to get in, trying to get in, trying to get in. There's somebody standing there and he's not letting people in. You can't come in here. You can't come in here. You can't, you can't have access to that. You can't come in here. And then I got the picture of God standing there. And my first thought was, I'm with him. No, it's cool. I'm with him. I'm with God. I'm with him, right? But then the Lord took it to another level in my heart. It's not just me saying I'm with, I'm with him. It's him stepping out in front of me and saying, no, it's okay. He's with me. He's with me. And then I got excited about that when I started thinking about it. Like, yeah, I'm with him. And it's always better when it comes from him first. He's with me. Then you can say, yeah, I'm with him. I'm with him. And just that right there, it's it's the secret password. It's the key to every locked door. It, it, it removes barricades. It breaks bondages. It destroys yokes. It throws open wide the doors to every need you have being met, supplied over and above. I'm with him. He's with me. And, and, and we're familiar with this phraseology, not just in that sense, but let's say you got, you got three people. You're one of them. And the one on your left is stating their case, the way they see it, the facts as they see it. The one on the right says, no, 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 wrong, wrong, wrong. This is how I see it. This is what's true. And you're there in the middle and you got to listen to both. And you listen to what's said. You assess what's said. Now you decide who you're with, right? And you look at one person, you say, no, I'm sorry. I'm with him on this one. Have you not said that to somebody before? I'm with them. I'm with her on this. I, I, I got to go with, man, I'm just hearing it over and over. I got to go with him. I got to go with her on this. Why? Why do you go with them? Why do you say you are with them? Because you believe them. You believe them. And that's what connects you to them. I'll show this to you in scripture. Mark chapter 9. 
In Mark chapter 9, verse 14, it says, When he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, scribes discussing or disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. He asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at the teeth. He becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered and said, oh, faithless generation. Man, that is not the stereotypical Jesus response that people would expect to hear from him. But he's looking for faith. And I'll make a statement to you. I don't know if I can totally speak for the Lord on this, but I have, I think I have scripture to back it up. When he doesn't find it in places where he should find it, I think it's a little annoying. I think he's a little bit annoyed by it. This isn't something that Jesus stands on a hillside and says to a huge multitude of people. He said it to the disciples in various places. Where is your faith? How is it you have no faith? Why are you full of fear? I think it annoys him a little bit. He's like, seriously, guys, after the time we've spent together, after the word that you've heard, after the things that you've seen, where's your faith? Where is it? Locate it for me, because it ain't here. Where'd it go? Where did it go? Where'd your faith go, boys? He's looking for it. And this guy, he's got a real need, and he's gone to the disciples, and that didn't work out. And Jesus' response to it is what? Faithless. I'm looking for faith. Where's the faith? Faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. (laughs) Verse 20, they brought him to him. And when he saw him immediately, notice this, the spirit convulsed him. He fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And I love Jesus. I just love Jesus. I love how he does things. Verse 21. So he asked the father, how long has this been happening? How long has this been going on? There's the boy on the ground, writhing, foaming at the mouth. He's under a full-blown attack. And Jesus is like, hmm, this been happening a long time? How long has this been happening? I see purpose in that. You know what it is to me? A total lack of panic. Things like that, they throw people into a panic. Why? Because they look at it and it looks impossible. Doesn't it? Panic is the response of somebody who has no idea what to do. Have you ever seen someone or been someone in a panicked moment? You can't think straight. You can't decide which way to go. Which direction do I run in this direction? Do I run in that one? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? No panic in Jesus. How long has this been going on? Why does that even matter? I mean, he's about to heal it. Who cares how long it's been going on? I think it's just Jesus proving this spirit is not in control of me. And if I want to stand here and talk to the boy's father, I'll stand here and talk to the boy's father. He demonstrated this when they came and told him Lazarus was sick. Here's somebody Jesus loved. And they said, he's sick. 
to the point of death. And you know what he did? Nothing for two days. Just sat still. What a picture of rest, right? He knew what was going on. Finally, he said, okay, we can go now. Took him under, he waited two days, took two days to get there. The first thing they said to him when he got there was, if you had been here four days ago, this wouldn't happen. But Jesus, with men, a dead man in the tomb is a dead man in the tomb. That is what you call an impossible situation. But with God, it can be done. Amen. So uh, Jesus asked him, how long has this been happening? And he said, from childhood, verse 22, often it has thrown him both into the fire, into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And again, Jesus' response, I love this. He said, if you can believe. Study this out sometime. Other translations, the original, the original text, it was a play on the, on the very words the Father used. Jesus looked back at him and said, if I can, if you can. This isn't about the limitations of my ability. This is about you. And if you can believe, remember what I said believing does? It connects you. It, de it determines who you're with. If you've listened to two things, you've got two reports, you got to decide, who am I with on this? Who do I believe? And the moment you say, I'm with Dan, if I'm with you on this, then evidently I believe you. I trust you. I've heard what you have to say about it. I trust your opinion. I trust your perspective. I trust your wisdom, your judgment. I'm with Dan on this. That's what puts me, that's what connects me to him is belief. And that's why Jesus said, it's not about my ability, it's about you and you believing this. For me to do this for you, I need you connected to me. So connect with me in your belief. He's saying, if you can believe, what did he say? All things are what? Possible. To who? Him who believes. What's Jesus saying? It can be done. <laughs> I got a word for you, Father. It can be done. It's possible. All things are possible to God and all things are possible to him who believes. All things. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Now watch this. Help my unbelief. You know what that is? Honesty. Honesty before God. I believe, but for whatever reason, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm asking for your help. And you grow up in Faith House, you hear somebody talk like that and you think, oh no, no unbelief, no room for that. But there's also no room for facetiousness with God. He sees through, he knows, be honest with him. Be real with them. Lord, I believe, but there's still part of me that's getting hung up here. There's, there's still part of me that I can't seem to shake. I, look what's right in front of me. Look when they need the money by. Look what the diagnosis is. This looks impossible. I believe, and I'm asking you to help my unbelief. Now, if you know the rest of this story, 
how does Jesus feel about that prayer? Fine by him. Because he healed the man's son. He saw the people came running. He rebuked the unclean spirit, said to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. The spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him. He became as one dead. This is not exactly what the father was after, but hold on, we're not done. Many said, he's dead. Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. When they came into the house, his disciples asked privately, why could we not cast it out? If you couple this with some of the other accounts, Jesus very boldly told them, them, because of your unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief is a disconnect from God, and you connect to the impossibility of the situation. The disciples had seen some, for lack of a better word, success. Jesus had at various times sent them out, gave them power over unclean spirits. And they went and they came back to him and said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. People were healed. People were saved. In other words, it worked. (laughs) It actually worked. So they've seen some level of success. I don't know. Maybe they'd never seen anything like this. Maybe they'd never been up close and personal with a manifestation of a demon. I don't know. I mean, evidently they had. They said demons came out. But maybe they'd never seen anything quite like this. And for whatever reason, it just seemed impossible. And they said, why couldn't we do it? He said, unbelief. Simple. Unbelief. You were more connected to the impossibility of the situation than you were connected to me. With me, it's possible. With me, what does possible mean? Say it out loud. It can be done. But it can only be done for those who are with him. I'm with him. I've just been saying it for days. I'm with him. Jesus, I'm with you on this whole buy up, build out thing. I'm with you. Jesus, I'm with you on this need. I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this. I'm with you on this. That's me connecting to him. Thank you, Lord. I believe the Lord wants to do some things in our lives that causes people to look at it, point at it, and say, there's no way. There's no way. I believe he wants to do that. Now, here's what I'm working on right now, and I invite you to start going to work on it with me. Getting used to that. Because as much as he loves it, we wrestle with it. We would much rather, I think, deal with more possibilities than impossibilities. It's easier on the flesh. It would be, yeah, it'd be great if the extent of the vision from God was... The need of it could be met by you writing a check with what's already in the bank. That'd be wonderful, except that it wouldn't. And I finally, I told Sarah this the other day. We've talked about it before, but I'm more convinced of it now than I ever have been before. This is our life. And as long as we live and as long as we walk with God, there is always going to be something in front of us that requires faith. Always. Let's get used to it, baby. Let's just get used to it. 
Let's get used to this stretching that's going on inside of us right now because it's not going away. The only way for this to go away is for us to unhook from him and hook up with men and decide, I want to live only to the extent of what's possible with men. But that's no way to live. That's a total and complete lack of vision. And most people will live right there. That's the reason people don't step out. That's the reason people don't, like we talked a moment ago, don't start with what they've got. They look at what they've got and they say, how can I make this last? I got to make this endure. I got to make this last forever. And so what do they do? They just cut everything back and cut everything out as much as they can, just so they can put food on their table and clothes on their back and their kids. And that's all I'm asking for. And it sounds like humility, but it's not. You know what it is? Selfishness. Because if that's all you've got, you have no impact on anybody else. But a vision from God, getting a glimpse of the plan of God for your life, your ministry, the things that he's called you to do, you better believe it's impossible. Why else would he give it to you? Why would he give you something to do that you could do? The reason he wouldn't do that is because if that's all it ever was, there'd be no proof of him. But you and I, stepping up to the proverbial plate, if you will, and saying, yes, sir, we will go for it. We will take a step towards this. It's impossible. It's impossible. I'm, I'm looking at, at the ministry right now and glory to God that the Lord's increasing us and it's wonderful, but I'm looking at what comes in every month and looking at what the vision is. And if you spend enough time with a calculator, that thing will start talking to you and it will start saying, it can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. You have to sometimes just put it away. You punch all those numbers in and you hit equals and it just comes up. It can't be done. <laughs> You're going to have to decide right then. Who am I with on this? Who am I with on this? And I've made the decision. I'm with you, Lord. And the reason I'm with him is because the purpose of my life is doing what we're doing right now sitting here in this room with you, sitting in the room you're in right now where you're watching, wherever you are. This is the purpose of my life. This is the, the calling, if you will, is to sit right here, look you in the eyeball, look you in the eyes and say, listen to what God can do. Look at what God has done. And Sarah and I have told him, we'll tell it. We will tell it. You do it for us and we will tell it. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how wonderful it is. We won't hide it. We won't conceal it. We won't be afraid of people's opinions over it. We will tell it and we'll point to you and we will say there is a God because if there wasn't one, this could not have happened. See, those are the stories I look for in my life. Even down to how Sarah and I met. And our whole story, a lot of you have heard it, and I won't tell you the whole thing, but I, people ask, how'd you guys meet? And every time, without fail, I say, I'll tell you, but it will make you believe in God. Because it was impossible. It was impossible. Those are the things we want, guys. 
And I would ask you to do this. Go home tonight and over the next few days, go before the Lord concerning your own vision, what you see as the plan for your life, and ask the Lord, is there enough impossibility in this? Because if there's not, I want some more. I want a life that proves the existence of God. You know, when Jeremiah said, there's nothing too hard for you. I like the Amplified Bible. It says that he turned to God and he said, there's nothing too hard and there's nothing too wonderful for you. Nothing too wonderful. I mean, let's think about some things that are wonderful. How wonderful is a body healed, whole, strong, free from pain, free from disease, germ, and virus, just functioning in the perfection that it was designed to function in. How wonderful is that? That's wonderful, isn't it? Wouldn't you say it's wonderful? It's not too wonderful. It's not too wonderful for God. He can do that. How wonderful is a bank account overflowing? How wonderful is all grace abounding towards you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things at all times might abound to every good word? How wonderful is that? Does that sound wonderful to anybody else? It's not too wonderful. It's not. It's not too wonderful for him. I love that the Jeremiah said that nothing's too hard and nothing is too wonderful. Many times we don't think about, we just kind of look at things like that's, that's impossible, that's hard, that's hard. Don't just look at it as hard. Look at the end result and say, you know what? If that thing gets done, it'll be wonderful, but not too wonderful. And I've already told the Lord that. I've already told it to him concerning a number of things in our lives. It's not too wonderful for you. This thing is not too big for you. It's not too majestic for you. It's not too wonderful. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.